Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Roost Podcast. As always, I am Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the founder and managing editor of The Roost, your premier source for rice sports news and analysis. Messed up the intro again. <laughs> it's the excitement over officially having a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, so we're, um, we're now less than two weeks out from uh, Rice's first actual game. Uh, we have some good and not so good news out of practice for uh, for Rice football itself, and uh, then we'll look around CUSA a bit, and then we're going to have J.P. Heath back on the pod today. Yeah, it's going to be a, a busy show, but hopefully entertaining. You know, if nothing else, football is entertaining in the you know wonderfully sadistic way that is college football fandom, is that right? Um, so I guess we'll, a couple housekeeping things up, up top, as always, uh, please do rate, review, subscribe the podcast, uh, get it out. It's kind of been growing lately and that's been exciting and it's probably not unrelated to the fact that we have real football to talk about soon. And if you want insight on what's going on with the owls, particularly practice reports, and recruiting news, I went ahead and took a stab at what I think the depth chart going into the Middle Tennessee game is going to look like. And spoiler alert, there is a true freshman I think will be starting out of the gate for the Owls, which is not something I would have been saying three weeks ago. So uh, plug there, go patreon.com slash at the roost and check that out. And then on the football side of things, I feel like we have to start with the quarterback because that's been kind of what we've had circled as the X factor all off season, all six month off season. Yeah. Um, but we, and it's, this is a very nice sort of change as compared to like, I think you always feel better about a quarterback battle when there's a starter kind of decisively announced relatively early on, as opposed to the last two years, which have just been sort of a, you know, you just get to the opener and see how it plays out. Uh, but Mike Collins, who has, I think, you know, both from your observations and from what Bloom has said, has has kind of been pretty clearly out in front all of camp, uh, has been officially named the starter. So that is yeah, good news, I, I think. It it was interesting to see how it happened because as throughout camp, Bloomgren was kind of hinting at the fact, like every conversation where I'm asking about these guys is, well, you know, they both were doing really well, but Mike's a little bit ahead or, you know, Mike did a little bit better today and just a little bit more praise on that side. So it was one of those things that I kind of saw it coming, but I don't know if I expected it to be immediately after scrimmage. So what actually happened is they finished the second scrimmage and they pulled ahead and did a, a media session, which everything is Zoom now, which is strange. <laughs> I, I'm. If y'all can picture this, I'm sitting in the bleachers at Rice Stadium doing a Zoom call with the head coach and the new starting quarterback who are in the <laughs> Patterson Center. <laughs> but it, it was that point, uh, apparently, Bloomgren pulled Johnny aside in the locker room before that conference and said, hey, by the way, you did great. Uh, we're going to go with Mike. He's going to be our starter. And then the first time Mike heard anything about it was when Bloomgren was standing at the podium saying, and Mike is our starter. So that was pretty exciting. Handled it pretty well. Said all yeah. the right things. <laughs> Shook hands, kissed babies. Well, no, I guess no hands or babies. This is COVID yeah, reality. Yeah, no, not allowed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we've kind of hit around the 
the peripheries of, of this over the last couple weeks and months, but this is the the third straight grad transfer quarterback that's going to be starting for Rice this year. And I think this is the first. So the grad transfer last year, Tom Stewart didn't win the battle in camp. And then three years or I guess two years ago, uh, Stan Cavage, he kind of showed up and started. And then I believe they put Jackson Tyner in for a very per, uh, for a part mm-hmm. of that Prairie View game. And then it went back to Stink Cabbage. It was a, we haven't actually had a clear this is the guy. And now we have that. That's really nice. Yeah, it's uh we'll see how he ends up playing, but uh it's 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 very nice to have that off the right off the bat. Yeah, and you know, I think one thing that I I was noted by Bloomgren and I wanna pass along was he said everything that you're supposed to say about the backup quarterback. You know, we got full confidence in him and he can operate and run the scheme. And and I, I do think that's true. Uh, the difference from what I've seen is um, almost said Stewart Collins arm <laughs> is is electric. It is it's high caliber and he he can sling it with almost no effort. I, I think that's a differentiator there and and i think he's pretty mobile so you know while like in the past you might have even last year we said oh, let's throw giovanni in and he can run kind of the wildcat package uh, giovanni can do a lot more than that versus last year that would might have been you know the brim of his confidence level and ability i think he's he's progressed a long way from that point but you know i hope i for everyone's sake i hope we see Mike Collins at quarterback for 99% of the snaps this season. Yeah. Um, hopefully every snap that Giovanni plays is, uh, you know, a kind of designed change up to get him in with, to run the ball or, you know, that, it, that it's by design and not because um, Collins is struggling or hurt because. Yeah. I, th- I think we had our fill of that the last <laughs> the two twilight seasons zone. and, and beyond music. quite frankly. So, <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully we don't get there, but you know, it's nice and and we're we're I guess approaching the Middle Tennessee game, so it was going to be time to name a guy the starter so far, but what's been different last year, this year, it's it's been Collins working almost exclusively with the first team for most of camp. Probably 75-25. So I this is formal now, but I I don't think anything drastically is changing with how they're prepping and, and the work they're doing so far. So it kind of expected. And now one less thing to worry about, I guess, but there's more to worry about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully Collins being named the starter so early, uh, bodes well for his, uh, talent because we might need him to be a playmaker for rice and, and be more than just the, you know, baseline. Okay. You know, we've been saying a bunch of this offseason, like, oh, we just need the quarterback to be like a baseline level of pretty good. We might need him to be a little more than that now because um, Brad Rosner has officially opted out. Uh, we are, I believe you've said we're not seeing any of Christian McStravick or even Zane Knight in practice these days. So um, the wide receiver depth chart does not look great right now. Yeah, and and I will clarify at this point, 
you know, college football coaches are not required to spell out like the NFL of here's the here's the guy's injury. Here's the the probable questionable. Like there's no designations. It's kind of like, how good am I at asking the questions and how much do they want to tell me? So I, I will say I have physically seen Zane Knipe on the field this week. It's been in street clothes. A couple weeks ago, I saw him in like a jersey, no pads. So he's there. Uh, I have I have not seen Christian McStravick at a practice yet. So given the fact that we're two and a half, three weeks into fall camp and I haven't seen him now, I haven't been at every minute of every practice, so <laughs> we might be missing each other. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead on a limb and say I don't expect him to be a contributor against Middle Tennessee, certainly, um, if at any point for Rice this season. So it's uh, it's going to be the Jake Bailey show and Austin Trammell and. Jake Bailey's been really, really good in fall camp, and they've been putting him on the outside, but it's going to be new. Yeah, uh, I think this probably means we might expect to see a little bit more of the tight ends in the passing game, so hopefully someone out there is up for that challenge. Um, You know, we saw last year that to the extent that Rice's passing game was effective, which it was not always, but... um, that you can get pretty good stuff out of two guys. And, and we know what we have in Trammell and uh, Bailey, you know, I think we said this last week or the week before was the highest rated uh, member of last season's recruiting class and is one of the, you know, higher ranked prospects Rice has ever brought in. So got a lot of talent. Um, There's still reason to think that you can get decent production out of this group, but the, you know, you've lost, one of your best players and now the dip chart is looking substantially thinner than it did a few weeks ago. So yeah, if, if we're in, you know, before I, last week we said we were full on worried about the cornerbacks and felt pretty good about everyone else. I, I'm maybe not there with the receivers, but uh... <laughs> the difference is how much is Austin Trammell worth? Because outside of Austin Trammell, I feel like we're pretty comparable on the corner wide receiver. Right. But it's it's going to be and I think it's it's especially telling because so at, during this this media session, somebody asked Collins, like, you know, so what's your comfortability? You know, obviously not having Rosner is a, a pretty big loss. How do you feel with the rest of the, the pass catchers? And for, for one, I don't think he's thrown to Rosner and anything more than like a seven on seven <laughs> like so not much com- or you know connection with him for one but you know he mentioned guys like like Jake Bailey Austin Trammell and then it didn't take him long till he got to you know true freshman and he started naming off a couple of those guys and when I put together the two deep for what I'm expecting to see in two weeks against Middle Tennessee like I think there's going to be a couple true freshmen make their debuts. And I don't think that's where any of us thought this was going to be a month ago. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much. Um, So stay tuned. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's rice related. (laughs) I, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll close the uh, pre-interview portion of the pod. Want to hit on conference USA a little bit. Since other schools are playing, I guess. (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, looking at the standings, there's a fun, literally, if you include Rice, we have teams in CUSA that have now played literally every value between zero and five games. We have Rice with zero. <laughs> we have FAU with one. We have FIU with two. Uh, a couple schools with three, several with four, a couple with five. So, uh, you know, running the full gamut, you'll, you'll get the full range of possible experiences in this conference. Which is wild because Rice had publicly, you know, I'm like, well, maybe punted on the first, what, seven weeks of the season. And FAU sitting here with one game and they were trying to play all of them. It's and oh, <laughs> we did. We have to clarify. This is not Conference USA related, but the Houston Cougars did play a football game across the street. They finally did it. They finally did it. It looked real bad in the first like 10 minutes, but they came <laughs> back and won. So it worked out. There was and maybe that is, you know, we, we joke, but we were kind of curious as what the rust factor is going to look like for Rice. Mm-hmm. Houston looked pretty rough after being a month and a half later on their start date than they thought. So I granted, I, you know, Rice is retooling. On offense, at least, it's going to be pretty new, so I don't know if there's much old rust to shake off. Maybe it's uh, new rust to work into? <laughs> well, they did at least recover and and looked pretty good after the initial run, so maybe there's hope for Rice by way of analogy. Um, the other notable result for me this weekend was that uh, good for you, UTSA Gold Star. Uh, you became the first team this season to play BYU and not absolutely, like, get every bone in your body broken. Like, yeah. way to go. Way to go, team. Good job. I went through in the 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 weekly roundup that I've been doing of just after the, the final bell of what's going on with the conference, and I, I went and I listed out the results for uh, – BYU's first opponents and they were beating teams. I, I can pull it up by let's see. Like Fifty-five to three was the Navy game. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. Here I they beat Louisiana Tech, Conference USAFO by 31, Troy by 41, and Navy by 52. And they beat UTSA by a touchdown. So I if moral victories ever counted. I would count this. Yeah, you know, I, I think in in COVID season, you uh, you, you take everything you can, right? So uh, it is what it is. So good, good loss for for UTSA. That tie that ties them with UTEP for a three and two overall record. <laughs> I just strange, strange times. Three win UTEP, but yeah, at the moment you're. Uh, your lone first place team in the West, Louisiana Tech, they are 2-0 and in Conference USA, <laughs> a game above UAB, who's 1-0. And I guess I, this feels baseball-y. Half a game? Is that right? Above UTSA yeah. Southern Miss <laughs> at 1-1. At one and, one. and then uh, in the East, we have Marshall and FAU both at 1-0, and even though Marshall has played three games and FAU has played one. And then uh, Charlotte Western Kentucky tied it one and one. We have yeah. uh, U- UTEP North Texas and FIU still winless in conference play. Yeah, every school except Rice has played at least one conference game so far. Uh, 
there are four there are only four that are undefeated and Louisiana Tech is the only one of those that has played more than one conference game. So um yeah, this maybe in different ways than we expected, but this conference has been exactly as chaotic and weird as we expected it to be. It's a good qualifier, as in we had no idea what was going to happen, but we knew it would look something like this. We knew it was going to be weird. <laughs> uh, it's been that kind of crazy. Well, stay tuned. There will be plenty of odd happenings in Conference USA. And, you know, next week, spoiler alert, not really a spoiler. I guess you all know if you're listening to a Rice football podcast, but we're going to be previewing a Rice football game. An actual game. And we can't promise what that a time going to be to alive. Yeah. But at this point, there's a well, I guess the odds say that there's a like a 60, 70 percent chance it happens. At this point, we'll take it better than nothing. I think it's all we got. So that's it with our uh, rice news and conference, U- conference USA news. I guess we can uh, turn it over now and open up to our conversation with JP. All right, we are here now with our guest, J.P. Heath. How you doing, man? Outstanding. Sorry, I hit the mute switch for one second to get a drink, <laughs> but I am outstanding. I was like, man, y'all are quick. Y'all are quick. Doing, doing fine, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on again. I appreciate it. This is good. It's uh, prep work. Get your mute button finger ready for getting back on the radio, right? <laughs> yeah, work through the kinks with us before you do anything live. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. Ironically, it's uh, looking at an email from my notes from the scrimmage the other day, um, seven months to the day of my last baseball game, uh, we were playing A&M. So it'll be about seven and a half months since I did this from a rice standpoint, have a few other side opportunities that rice so graciously allows me to do. And man, but nothing will be like just finally getting back there against middle Tennessee state and to say, I can't wait. It's, it's an understatement, but like everybody around the program, like y'all know, just can't wait to do it. That's that's wild. I'm I'm looking back because that the A&M game, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember the last game that I was at with you in person would have been Valentine's weekends, Bryce baseball and at Texas. Which that yeah. does feel like it was 100 years ago. Yeah, it's yeah, simultaneously that was 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's simultaneously it's like, wow, it's been seven months already, but also like. That feels more like seven years ago than seven months ago. <laughs> yeah, both things can be true. Because we do, we, we've tricked ourselves into thinking there's no offseason normally, but we, we do. Like, we get to like mid-June and we're like, I can't believe it's been, you know, seven months since football. But, you know, time, time doesn't what, exist. That's, what sweet that's summer we... children we were. Yeah, too long of an offseason this time, though. Well, don't want one of these again. Yeah, you and us no, both. Thanks. We've, uh, I think at this point, we've, let's see, we've caught up with, we, with, we're trying to figure out when you were on. It was a, a couple months now, but we've talked uh, Marvel movies with Christian Covington. We've, yes. we've relived World Series memories with, with Anthony Rendon and talked about the season that was coming, which I guess is, is happening now, then. And we've talked, with other beat writers from other programs about their teams playing football. <laughs> and so now Covington, Rendon, and Heath. That's that's what what, what we're talking about here. Yeah, but if, if we're okay. if we're that's ranking them, it. it's probably the other way around. You've you've <laughs> now been on twice. Three equally famous people. 
Stick it, Cub. Stick it, Rennie. I've got you. <laughs> I got you. Oh, wait, no. So yeah, Cub you, has been well, on tied Covington in appearances now. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll settle for that. It's okay. About to say, we don't know what the tiebreaker process is. I'd say whoever can take us out and like buy us the best barbecue, but we can't go anywhere and do anything now. So they've <laughs> <laughs> taken away our, our barbecue media sessions. We'll have They'll to be back, it. though. We'll, we'll, we'll find we'll find some uh, some box lunch to to bond over again. <laughs> yeah, I was I was telling Carter of, of all of the oddities when we were uh, recording before we got you on the phone about doing the Zoom interview with Bloomgren and Collins and Akinna with me sitting in the bleachers at Rice Stadium and them being in the Patterson Center like 100 yards away. Just yeah. one of the, the many oddities that this football season is going to have to offer. Yeah, it's... What is that line? Uh, my favorite movie is The Shawshank Redemption, and there's one movie where they go, it's decidedly inconvenient. So... All of this is decidedly inconvenient, but we'll take all of it. You know, we'll take all of this just to have the games and to get the coverage and credit. He doesn't want the credit. He doesn't want to be mentioning his name at Chuck Cool and the sports information staff. They've been over backwards to, to give us some of that access. And I think that that uh, press conference you mentioned with Bloom yesterday as we record this, not revealing with some of the content I'm sure we'll get to in a second, but just having that access, like I remember, just I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago we did the first one. I was like, Bloom, I miss you, man. I just, I miss you, and I miss doing all this. And to finally get some sort of normalcy, it is just so so refreshing. And then maybe we'll get into some other sense of normalcy once the games eventually do start coming for at least the half a season we're given here. So I'm, I'm very very thankful for that at least. Yeah, it's we we won't get it adjusted to it for some time and then you know it's seven weeks and, and we'll be done <laughs> there won't be any adjustment period it'll just be here you go yeah and we need to be happy we need to be grateful with what we do get because i'm telling you uh not to get too deep here on a sunday night as we record it but man we need to be thankful for just getting this because i mean there are a few other programs that have a lot more games but some don't have any you know and even in our own league so we need to be grateful for what we do have and for that i'm thankful for yeah, you hit you hit the nail on the head there. And I I do want to get to because I know things are going to want going to to look different and we're doing the best we have. So what is your setup going to be? Because we've kind of talked a little bit on and off, whether it was at, at practice or Zoom calls or, or whatnot, uh, broadcasting, w whether it be radio shows or, or doing the games. What, what's it going to look like for for you and, and, and Nate this this season, as far as you know, I granted everything could change yes. tomorrow and it probably will. Yeah. I mean, with, with respect to the podcast and me not having any answer for it, but me being in the talking business <laughs> and I can give you some sort of answer that sounds like an answer because that's, that's what we do here. But I don't know at all because I've asked those same questions and I'm okay with that. I have, I mean, there's an expression like just surrender the outcome. I can't control it. I truly can't. What I think will happen. And talking to other announcers, and even because I'm such a football junkie, yeah, right, um, no, but uh, relatively speaking, I went with um, Buddy Bob, who does our stats, and um, went up with him to watch the HBU at North Texas game, because I was jonesing there that opening week. And it was normal, but it wasn't normal, you know, so 
I think it'll be something like that. You'll, you'll be spaced out. There'll be dividers. There'll be protection. We've been given from the corporate side, for those that don't know, the way we operate, uh, Learfield IMG, and I tell people we're like the McDonald's that is at the Walmart. Um, I don't, <laughs> so I don't work in this. I think it works, um, but I work at the McDonald's at the Walmart. I don't work for Rice, but um, get the uh, medium-sized dollars from the McDonald's in this case. So I get directions from both sides and we kind of meet in the middle. We're just trying to figure out what, what's going to happen, but we have been told we have to scale down our booths. So we're adjusting. Normally we have the engineer, Walter, who you've met a few uh -huh. times, uh, Matthew. So we'll have the engineer in the booth, Walter, and he makes us sound better than we are. My, uh, retort about <laughs> him every broadcast. So it'll be me and Nate. Uh, usually I have a spotter. I haven't really, I don't really know how to do that. I've had to do games, uh, without a spotter before, but, so hopefully still have that in some regard, maybe in another room with a long headset, a long mic that could just cue me and give him, like you've seen the board I have, maybe give him a copy or her uh, a copy of the sheet. And then they can relay some of the tackle info and uh, other kind of uh, various info around the broadcast that really helps us and makes us sound smarter than we are. And then probably just me and Nate in that bottom row there and Walter at the top. So each there, you've kind of got this triangle of space. And then I think having like a Google Sheets form uh, with stats, because that's what Bob does for those that somehow, if you're in the right sporting community, you don't know how Bob, who Bob is, shame on you. But <laughs> he gives us all these stats. He's done a lot of talent stats for, for networks and for, for Final Fours and Super Bowls and all that. But we get him every game and he buys us lots of dinners. So we really love him. But he'll he'll be giving me other facts and uh, notes in another room. So that, that's kind of the way I've, I've thought about it. But again... <laughs> adapter adapter die you've got to adjust and figure it out on the fly so i think the first game will be very bare bones we'll we'll see how we can build it after that yeah it's it's gonna be i'm, I'm picturing you as you say that i mean i've been in the press box and, and and seen these places that you're describing but I'm i'm really picturing did you ever when you were a kid put that string with those two paper cups or what, what was the best uh <laughs> resonance yeah Y'all know what I'm talking about. And yeah. you held it up and you stretched it across the window between you and your best friend who were at neighbors' houses and you could hear clearly. This is how I picture Man. you getting your stats from Bob. I'm not I'm not lying. You're giving me some ideas now. I have not <laughs> thought about that. I guess there is some good walkie-talkie. We can do something. We can work out solutions. No, yeah. No, really, I have tasked Walter with that, our great engineer. Say, hey, what do you think? He said, yeah, we can work something out. And I trust him. We are doing something different with uh, Rice Marketing. Uh, we're going to do some different in, um, some access for fans to get inside the booth. And of course the announcement's been made. There's no fans, unfortunately, obviously nobody likes it. And that's, that's tough on the parents and, uh, other loyal fans that can't be there, but we're still, we're still going to try to do things, uh, through social media and, and to try to kind of get inside the booth. And I don't know, I thought even doing different pregame shows and having different comments and asking questions and maybe even trying to sucker up the the roost beat rider oh whoa, wait to to maybe come on and do some so i don't know just you know just those trying guys? to yeah just the, they're great great fellows and just try to do something just let's be different this is the year of change adapt to it and just try to do something with the broadcast and once the game starts the game starts you take off the training wheels and you just let her rip so that, that's how i'm envisioning it mentally and you got to prepare for it like that I just other than that see first answer i don't know so there you go <laughs> it's been kind of the, the summary of our offseason, right? Who knows? But we, <laughs> but we got to we'll this figure point, it out. You know, that's what we've been saying, though. 
and we, we will. <laughs> it's just one of those things, you know, when you, you put this in, and I, I guess it felt like this way in, in JP and Garter. I know you all were both in the same seat that, that I was when we got to Rice delaying its season and whether or not they were going to start practice. We're like, okay, eventually there'll be a deadline where they have to go and then we'll know. And then they started like, okay, eventually there'll be a deadline where we have to know, like, what entrance do we can we get to the stadium? Can we go to the stadium? Who is going to be there? Like, and you know, you mentioned Chuck, bless him, and, and everybody at, at Rice that is, you know, we've talked about uh, over the last couple of weeks that what they're trying to do and arguably have done is effectively thread the needle of uh, allow for the smallest possible chance of any COVID impact on Rice campus and play football at the same time, which is, yeah. is why. And how do you, how do you thread it and how do you judge anything else? I mean, obviously, like I think I said a few minutes ago, everybody wants the games, but they're in an impossible task. And there, there's so many people that want to have football, obviously from the football front and from the, uh, the, the Rice community front. But they, they just they didn't feel comfortable at that time and they have their reasons. But now that's in the past. And I just can't wait. I keep getting back to that. I can't wait. So we have the games and I, I, I nerded up and I just loaded the, the DVR yesterday with I mean, I was absorbing. Gosh, help me. Middle Tennessee and FIU. I was all over that. I was watching <laughs> Asher O'Hara, like scouting it out. I was like, OK, this is it. And then. Um, they did. They won that game, right? Because I had the other UTEP crazy latte. They, they did. Finish. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, they they, they finally all, got yeah. one. <laughs> when you're having so much fun, it all blends together, guys. But no, yeah, how can you choose between Middle Tennessee and UTEP? <laughs> yeah, these are the options after <laughs> after like the Aggies. Children. Yeah, the Aggies and the Longhorns do their thing, and this this is where we're at, folks. Look at us. But no, I just I can't wait, and I can't <laughs> wait, and I just I love this job, and I love everything about Rice, and. Um, I mean, I know this will be probably another podcast down the line, but I'm anxious as the calendar's ticking day by day. Like, ah, you know what? Usually this time of year, I'm looking towards basketball and oh, oh, oh yeah, OK, let's worry about football. But I just can't play in ahead like that. I just you just can't do it right now. So you focus on October 24th, then Halloween, your first road game and then then go on from there. You say it, and I and I I think I was standing next to you at, at practice. At, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago. At, at this point, pinching myself, saying, I, "I'm I'm here in the flesh. I see yes. I see Rice quarterback Mike Collins throwing a deep out to Jake Bailey, and he caught it, and it's real." Yeah, we had 50 yards before us and people blocking us, but you made it out. You were my source there. If that guy, I used. <laughs> Some of my height, and we picked out numbers, and and y'all are the wealth of all information anyway. But yeah, I think the team. Um, obviously, that was a big announcement yesterday, uh, as as we're talking here. But just uh, really happy for Collins, and that was the first time I actually got to speak to him. I was just really excited about Collins, and that that felt like the first big news drop. And then we get the news uh, just moments later about about Rosner, which I, y'all might have covered already, but. Those are the first two big things, and uh, that's going to determine some stuff throughout the the first few games of this shortened season. Yeah, we we hit on it a little bit beforehand, and 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 Carter and I kind of gave our opinions, and and this was this was interesting. We'll get your take because you you seem like a very well balanced person, so. <laughs> 
we'll lead off there but we were kind of going through and kind of voicing our concern level and amid what we've seen so far so i we'll, we'll start on the bad news so we can bring ourselves up to the good news but you know what, what was kind of your read i mean obviously uh, we we'd been out there and we'd seen rosner with his his wrist wrapped up and and he hadn't yeah. practiced much in the last at all rather in the last couple weeks since they started camp so i, I think him not being there I won't speak to you. That didn't shock me mm-hmm. that he wasn't there. But now that it's final and like coach said it, like what's going through your head when you realize that Rice is remaking their receiving core with a week and a half left before the season? Yeah, it stinks because it it wasn't just an overly deep core to begin with. I mean, Pete showed some flashes last year and got to get him back out there. Obviously, you've got the sheriff there, Austin Trammell, but you, you, you need you need threat and and without rosner they don't have that proven guy that's done it again and again and, and yeah you're right it wasn't the the shock that he wouldn't wasn't going to be there but just hearing that term opting out and you're like okay hope this is just a one-year thing and I don't, I don't like wading into those waters too much because players are entitled to make their own decisions but after he got that extra year of eligibility and just just getting him back really really uh, would have been huge for uh, another quarterback new to this this system. That's what Collins really would have needed, and I uh, I hate it for the team selfishly, but I'm I'm happy for Bradley if if we can kind of think of two things at once on both sides because uh, he deserves to have that option to him, and if that's the best option for him, I support him on that. And then down the line with Collins, I mean, he's big league the way he was talking. And carrying himself, he knew all the right things to say. You can tell he'd been Big Twelve prep before, and but the biggest thing he pointed out is adjusting systems. Like, how's he going to be coming from a spread to this pro style? And obviously, he knew that coming down here. But I think um, that, that's my number one focus. And then seeing how that merges with the uh, really great running core, the young running core, to add that adjective that. They they seem to be able to build on this. I mean, and Coach Bloomberg, I think, will have some of his top running backs coming in there. And that was a big concern coming into the year because I don't know how Griffin would do. So that uh, kind of parlayed that into a positive. But we can't wait to see how Collins adjust all this and see if he can make the, the receivers around him better. Yeah, you, you would like you would like to think so. That was, I think, for well, I won't speak for you, Carter. We were kind of talking about like this is probably one of the more probably the most optimistic I've been about a grad transfer that's come in under Bloomgren yet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we've said it before, but you know, you never want to be in the situation where you're bringing in a third straight grand grad transfer and, and having him as your quarterback for the having one as your quarterback for the third straight year. But um, with, with all due respect to the guys that have come before, it's, it's very obvious that Collins has, by far the most natural talent of any of those guys. And so this is, it doesn't feel like a situation where, you know, you just haven't been able to, to develop a quarterback yet. And so you're relying on whatever you can pull in. It, it, it feels like you've got a guy who's really talented and, and actually is capable of elevating the level of the offense. So I, I'm still going to be hesitant about, believing we'll get great rice quarterback play until I actually see it because at this point it's been quite a while, but 
my optimism has kind of been steadily steadily growing throughout the preseason as we hear more and more about him. Yeah, and that's encouraging because, like, like Matthew, I think we talked about at that first practice that you mentioned, you get two years of him potentially. Now, I, I mean, I guess he could choose his, his own other path too, but my gosh, having a grad transfer quarterback for two years is a, a real rarity in this day and age, even when so many guys transfer to and fro. So I think that'll be big. And so you, knowing that you have the beginnings of some, some depth in the quarterback room and, and like, like y'all know, like a hundredfold better than me, the recruits and the interest they're getting on that front, it, it gives you some hope because you can't win big. If you've got that, those interchangeable parts, you, you're starting to build some of that consistency. So maybe that is a, a good thing to look for in the shortened season. Yeah, at least having. I mean, we don't. It's not like like we, we had mentioned. Like we can't nail it down until it, it it is there on the field. But of all of the problems that have kind of crapped, crap cropped, maybe a <laughs> Freudian sleep that have cropped up through throughout. <laughs> this is kind of where through the the last couple of weeks of practice with all these injuries and people out. Like we we need something that we can say. You know, I'm pretty sure this is going to be pretty good. And uh, you know, quarterback has risen up the the list of things that I'm more and more confident in and you know we'll we'll see how the rest pans out man I there are there are parts of this roster that I, I I'm, I'm more uncertain about than others <laughs> maybe that was <laughs> letting that out <laughs> yeah it feels like it feels like our confidence levels for quarterback and running back on one end and wide receiver on the other have just mm-hmm. sort of completely flip-flopped at this point yeah because we feel better about quarterback um you know, the more and more I hear about Kalen Griffin, I feel pretty darn good about running back at this point, too. And then felt pretty solid at wide receiver that, you know, they'd get back the two top guys from last year and that, you know, you'd get one of these talented youngsters to step up and really get a nice trio. But um, that's that's kind of gone the other way a little bit. So it's it's funny how that's just completely swapped on both sides of that from from where we felt before they started practice. Yeah, and I'm anxious to see how, and Nate and I were talking about this in kind of our post-scrimmage wrap-up, how do they use the tight ends a little bit more? Nate Griffin, uh, the expert analyst for those that somehow don't know, but we do the games together. And how how does that work in? Because Rice had a a good moniker there for a while as the the mid-major tight end you, and that fits in perfectly with what Coach Bloomgren's doing uh, and, and the style he brought over from Palo Alto. So. I think that's promising, too, that you have a guy with a veteran mindset and then you start to see, I mean, uh, Matthew, I did not have it right here. Was it French on that long touchdown on that first play, the first scrimmage too from this Saturday? Yeah, Yeah. French had one and then Camper had one in the first scrimmage the week prior. So and then Jack Bradley had another uh, couple this spring. Yeah, I've, I've noticed I, I never pretend to be X's and O's guy. I'm, I'm out front and, and I don't pretend I, I leave that to Nate. But you noticed French there on that play. I, I noticed when I when I actually got to see you in human life form a couple weeks back, you noticed Kemper there. You know, uh, you, you pay attention to Bradley. Uh, he's got the basketball bloodline. So they're getting those big mobile athletic guys. So there's still hope. We know all, there's always hope that they maybe 
you see the tight ends grow in this year. Uh, I don't think anybody's under any illusion that this has to be the conference championship team that Mike Bloomgren is going to know. That's not this year yet, but you really need this year to build out some of those things, to find guys in the receiving core, to get some of those big fellas at tight end. And my gosh, we haven't even talked about the biggest positive in the defense. Like, what was one of the first things we joked about a couple weeks back? I keep referencing our, our initial encounter. Just been so while, uh, so long, Matthew. But the defense. Hopefully uh, it won't become like a once every six month thing. <laughs> no, no, I don't think it'll be that, but. The, the players they talked about, Caleb James, uh, walk-on freshman. Uh, I mean, that, that, the, the notes I wrote down, he didn't look out of place, the North Shore kid. They just said he was so strong. Uh, Blaze doing some, Blaze things. Yeah, go ahead. I was, so I was getting some deja vu moments from, and we've, we've joked about this previously, JP, from when Isaac Klarkowski came out of nowhere to become yeah. Rice's starting center. Kind of had that. Feel so. DeBraylen Carroll was out of scrimmage with uh, had his ankle rolled up, so I don't expect him. And coaches, rather more importantly than what I think, don't expect him to be out terribly long. So I don't. We will get DeBraylen Carroll back, and Caleb James will will probably not beat DeBraylen Carroll out for the first string gig. I don't think he's there yet, but you know, walk on freshman that runs with the ones, and this is a really good defense. Yeah, and he's got that championship experience too, which you like. Uh, so e- even though coach didn't. Like there was a lot more penalties from the defense. He he mentioned at some of the cons, but he's challenging him to be the best defense in uh, conference in USA. They kind of eased up. They didn't have a great finish to the scrimmage, uh, the most recent one we've seen. But Blaze and Montero, they just uh, seem to be up there. Uh, they, they potentially could be the best linebacking duo or, or one of the top couple linebacking duos in the conference. So th- there's still a lot of uh, things to. I don't want anybody to think uh, had anything negative to say without saying that they have a lot of promise there in a lot of spots on the defense and still some on the offense too. Yeah. Well, I don't think it would be terribly controversial to say from what we've seen so far (laughs) of rice that the defense has been ahead of the offense. It's not to say the offense can't get there. We just, we've seen all these pieces we get, they got to put it together on the field. Yeah. And that's the, isn't that the maddening thing about now? Like you said, I want to see what it's like in a game. And then there are all these on top of that, there are all these other games happening, you know, and, yeah. and but we'll know in short time, less than two weeks now, we'll know. So I, I guess pull back a little bit and we've got as close as to X and O's as maybe either of us know how to, to dig into with it. <laughs> Car- Carter is the, the guru on that side. We'll leave that to, to him. But I will I want to get kind of your thoughts. Uh, obviously, we just want to be there. And watch Rice play Middle Tennessee. So that happening as an event is probably number one on the list. But kind of big picture things like on the field this this season for Rice. What are kind of some of the things that you've been you know dreaming of or hoping that you'd get the chance to 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 see and watch over the next couple weeks? You mentioned this didn't necessarily have to be a conference championship team. We we would be okay with that. Um, but, you know, kind of what have you been as this season becomes more and more finite? What, what's kind of your big picture thoughts on uh, where it's going to go, where it could go? Finishing last year with the three wins. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge believer in momentum. And now I think that's kind of been squashed that you potentially had any momentum uh, coming into almost a year later. But, man, they, they still knew that they were. Um, they turned into. A, a very respectable team those last three games and the way they they won those games and held on uh, kind of biting our nails and gritting our teeth the way they won those last three games. They got it 
I mean, pardon me, but they got it going there the last three games. And that was so hopeful. And then to be, I mean, obviously life happened and pandemic be danged. And then to seeing how they can respond to this adversity, this this is what coach has, has built them up for in a lot of respects, to be able to to respond to things like this. And I've been keeping up with, with you guys and, and, and reading some of the things coach says. Now finally actually getting to talk to coach is just uh, controlling the controllable and, and seeing how they respond after after this. That's obviously the big thing. And then on the field, Collins. You kind of got the feeling, even though you've seen a lot of promise from Giovanni, that it would be Collins' job to lose. And he has done nothing to lose it. So um, he said it was, it was fun to come into this new offense uh, from the spread. And he, he said all the right things, like I mentioned earlier. So that'd be my number one thing, as we've already kind of broken down. That's your number one thing to look at is the quarterback. And then, my gosh, Griffin. Um, I knew he was good because I have um, newspaper buddies up in East Texas where he played in Tyler and said, man, this guy is great. And okay, okay, okay. I mean, most high school players are great. Most college players are great to some extent in in high school, right? I'll get the sentence right. I speak for a living. (laughs) But seeing what he's done, this guy's different. He is... I mean, coach said it yesterday. Griffin was dominant again. I mean, he runs violent. He always runs forward. It didn't matter the defense. And I don't know if you picked up on that, Matthew, when I I talked. It wasn't intentional. I joked with Nate after because I asked about Juma because we got to see Juma Oroviano again. Mm-hmm. And at least I did. Oh, um, I noticed. <laughs> I was, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to ask about Juma, too. But and I didn't want coach to think I was trying to just intentionally shift things towards Juma and away from, from Jalen uh griffin but my gosh griffin you, you look at him you know like that does not look like a true freshman running back so those, those are the big things we already know a lot of what we're having from the defense but i can't wait till six i guess six on the defense too but six on the offense gets the <laughs> gets the attention and see what what he can do against uh middle tennessee and then then down the line southern miss and etc cetera, etc cetera. I, I just those those are the, the two big things that come to mind and seeing hey can pete bounce up at wide receiver then there, there's some gaps to fill in the offensive line. I'm a big fella. You got to pay attention to the line too. So how does that all mesh together in, in the cobbled season we have in the seven games? And I will, I, and I put this together in a, in a note for our subscribers, for those following us on, on Patreon, giving out our practice reports. I, I pulled the quote from Bloomgren in that session because I thought it was telling. And you asked about how Juma was doing. After he'd opened the session with, you know, a, a solid like 30 minutes out of like an eight minutes <laughs> like time just to talk about Griffin again, which, you know, this is kind of like I look back. We, we talked about Isaac Clarkowski, like when Isaac came in, this is what you heard about Isaac. Like this dude, this guy, he's really good. And we, no one asked him. No one asked Bloomgren. Who, who do you want to talk about? He started with Kalen. But, but Bloomgren said Juma had a solid day. Quote. That, that was the response, the answer to your question. Yeah. It's just Kalen keeps showing up. He will not let you not notice him. Yeah. So that's pretty he, telling to me. Yeah, he's wired different. And, and just seeing him again, I mean, I, I know what I'm looking at for the most part. But when you see guys come in, just say, he, he's different. And, and I can't wait to see how he does uh, with the, the quote-unquote big boys here in Conference USA and in this isn't Tyler, Texas anymore. You know, this is CUSA. And, and how does he how does he translate that into the, the Division One level? I just can't wait. And really excited to get to, to call his games here for the next few years. Yeah, I mean, he's 
he's probably not like maybe UAB, but other than that, he's not going to face a run defense in CUSA that's as good as the one he's seeing in practice. And to have 160 plus yards after contact in a scrimmage against those guys, uh, that's 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 why. Like, I mean, you know, we I, I think I said this last week, but. Rice played a lot of great running. There are a lot of good running backs in this conference right now. And mm-hmm. Rice played a bunch of them last year. And none of those guys did that. No, and I'm looking down the schedule here. You're right. I mean, just coming to mind. I mean, La Tech's always got good backs. North Texas, they've been they've been struggling. But, yeah, I mean, of the guys that are coming at the rest of the season, um, yeah, that – I just can't wait not to to put him up on too high of a pedestal, but I can't wait because he turns ahead and you you, you pay attention. It's like, man, he looks like a man running the football and he's what, 19 years old. Don't know his birthday, but he's he is very, very uh, a lot of hope to the rice ground game. Yeah. And I, I was going through and I I I I can't I will not take the victory lap yet but once i see him on the field against real defenses <laughs> doing this which i'm fully anticipating him to in my preseason preview which i put together this spring and you know published in the summer before he was even at practice he was my pick for uh offensive freshman of the year and and breakout player i, I thought he could be that good and you know so far just keeps showing up i'd yeah, be okay be- with that yeah, and this was going to be something I asked Coach. We're starting our uh, not to shoehorn in extra plugs that I'm sure we are getting to, but one of the yes. things I was going to ask Coach, we're doing our new Rice House Insider format, and one of the things I was going to ask Coach about Griffin is he played some quarterback in high school, but I think that was mainly, and he had that injury he was working around too, but he's just looked like um, he's been really, really improved. I can't wait to see how him and, again, my guy Juma too, to see how he mixes in there because they and they've got – uh, a lot of young options, too. So it's not just going to be those two guys uh, trying to replace what Walter gave them last year. Yeah, Kalen was the the high school version quarterback as in, OK, who's the best player on the team? OK, it's Kalen. You are the quarterback and you will do yep. everything. And he <laughs> ran a lot and was the dual threat, a lot of running quarterback. So. You know, there's there's actually there's more. And I don't know, maybe if we're looking for future oddball segments to shoehorn into a rice broadcast, there's (laughs) a surprising amount of former high school quarterbacks at Rice that don't play quarterback right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've had that a lot over the years. Um, Going back, uh, Luke Turner, he was one at Gilmer. Jack Fox. Yeah. Old Jackie, man, I miss him. I'm so happy for him. What everything he's done. You're, you're the uh, poster child of the Jack Fox fan club. So grateful. I think you pretty much got in that gig with the Lions. We're, we're driving the bus. <laughs> yeah. We have T-shirts, punter conclave. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Even though he's a Cardinals fan, I always mess with him because he ripped my, <laughs> ripped my heart out in 2011. He's probably nine. Um, it's like. The, the baseball equivalent, you see a lot of guys, like I know that they take a recruiting philosophy in baseball, that you get shortstops and center fielders and then adapt that because they're always the best on their team. So then they adapt to other other positions respectively. So, yeah, it's not it's not too uncommon to have high school quarterbacks switch to receivers. But, um, 
yeah, it's just uh, it's it's refreshing to have. And then you're, you're starting to see, like you guys well know, the the talent that's really coming in here. And uh, while we focused on one or two guys here, they're, they're getting that upgrade across the across the board here in a lot of places, which gives you a lot of hope for the future. I think. Yeah, how long do you got? We can go. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll have more time for that during this season. Yeah. And we'll I see some of these guys. Yeah. I expect a mid first drive text between us. Uh, when, when Griffin gets that first, first, uh, 47 yard touchdown run. So clip this off. When 47, the, write it down into existence. Yeah, yeah. Write it down. So I'll, I'll, I'll take it as a prediction. If it happens correctly, then I'll deny it ever happened. Fake news. If it, if it doesn't happen, but maybe it'll be the second drive. Who knows? You're going to, it's one of these, uh, the Twitter accounts that, you know, tweets out, <laughs> uh, you know, always, I, I can't believe, you know, so-and-so just won this Oscar. So-and-so is going to win this, you know, they yeah. go down the list and they name all of them. And then after it happens, they delete all the ones who didn't like <laughs> this guy predicted <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. Like a freezing cold takes rice account and get that going. <laughs> Here we go. Be the king of that with as much uh, nonsense as I talk sometimes. Sorry, I'm writing that one down in my notes for later. Oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go, <laughs> folks. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all in good fun. Well, I know there was a, a couple things that we we talked about beforehand that you wanted to hit on. So uh, you have the, the floor, sir. Where can we uh, follow you and pay attention to you? And, and what else do we need to know that we don't know? Oh, man. Where do we start? No. First off, you guys, I mean... You don't need my thank yous and props, but y'all do a wonderful job just with all the coverage. And I know, Carter, I get to see Matthew more in person, but just thank y'all for what, what y'all do for Rice coverage because it helps me. I'm I'm selfish here. I like to hoard information <laughs> and, and, and balance it with the uh, what the coaches say and talk to as many players as I can. But that it really it's a it's a great asset for for Rice fans that we've needed uh, for a really long time. So y'all do a tremendous job now. On the personal front, uh, really, I released a, a kind of, a, I don't know if it's a, definitely heartfelt, but a personal kind of a vulnerable podcast. Uh, the Texas Porch is my podcast, and I, I put a thread out there on my Rice uh, Twitter account, Rice House Voice. Uh, would really be honored if people would take and read that. Um, we had uh, World Mental Health Day and on Saturday, the 10th, and uh, Mental Health Week ended. Um, this past week, it, it took place this past week. I had two brothers that passed away within the span of a few years and it's, it's obviously really tough and want to bring more awareness to the cause of mental health, not just with things that one of my brothers that, that he dealt with on the, the mental health side, but just in general, how it's become taboo. And after they passed away, I started seeing grief counseling and, it's, it's done wonders to open me up and not just talk about that, but just want other people to get help. And it's okay. You can get help and uh, we want to end the stigma, but also just be able to open up and talk about. So encourage people. I know we've got a very well-educated listening audience here, but just, just talk to somebody if you feel like you need to talk. And I uh, ranted into a microphone for about 20, 25 minutes now about that. It was, but I appreciate the forum and just let me talk about that too. Cause it's a, uh, Oh, yeah. And I kind of buried the lead. I want to walk across Texas. So that's one thing that I announced, too. So to raise some more awareness to that and hopefully we'll talk more about that in the future. But just to raise awareness, raise funds to try to kind of bridge that gap to a lot of children that don't get the services they need. One stat my counselor told me 
um, how did I break it down? I don't have my notes, but I think I know it well enough. There's, so let's say there's 500 students in a middle school or high school in Texas. So one out of four of them get, they, they have mental health needs. And out of those, only one out of four of those actually get that service. And I think the stat for adults, it's like 61% of people that need mental health coverage don't get it across Texas. So yeah, just it's, it's, I don't know if call it a cross to bear, but it, it's something I've, I've, I've really been praying about and wanting to know, Hey, where do, where do I take this and try to make some good out of these tragedies? And I think eventually I put a big audacious goal of October, 2021 of doing it, walking across Texas and trying to get some awareness. And it feels even scary. Those words coming out of my mouth and on not my own podcast. So yeah, about to yeah. say you can't cut this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have that freedom, but that's, that's somewhat liberating is, Hey, it might not happen. It might not happen at that time, but at least um, eventually I will do it uh, one day. If you don't know one thing about me yet, I'm pretty determined to do it, and eventually I will do it. And uh, just thank you for your your support in that. Hopefully Rice fans eventually can can get behind me on that as we can address, uh, thankfully, an up, upcoming topic that people are more free to to talk about the mental health side of things. Yeah, and absolutely, and thank you for sharing that, and I'll, I'll echo that and, and say that, you know, we, we we sit here and we talk about, you know, the, I don't know what stringing is, the freshman running back that hasn't played it down at Rice, and we get all giddy about that. It would be, it would sure be great if our, if our uh, podcast would be able to encourage people and, and share someone, mm-hmm. share some things to accomplish things that might have a little bit more significant value down the line. Not that football is not the end-all be-all. <laughs> But well, it might not it, be. <laughs> yeah, it it does. It has its great, great point. And yeah, like I said, y'all are excellent on your coverage. And uh, I did want to add that selfish plug in there for that. And we do have the new Rice House Insiders podcast we're doing with uh, YouTube and on the podcast front. So each week, I think our first one, we've got Joe Carlgaard. You may have heard of him. We've got J.P. Abercrombie. She is going to uh, talk Ooh, about her JP, new role. J.P. show? Yes. We have been waiting. We, it's a It's a... It's a inside joke between JPs. Hey, JP. Hey, JP. And so she's going to be on, and then we're going to talk, um, obviously, some with Bloom to preview the season. Next week, our full preview during the Middle Tennessee week. And then kind of getting the old coaches show format. We can't go out to a physical location, but we're going to do some streaming, audio side, video side. They worry about the technical stuff. I just do the content. So uh, just uh, would encourage folks to – to tune into that and to give us some clicks and watches because it'll be very valuable content that we're going to spread across the department throughout the football season, but still work in later some basketball talk, some volleyball talk, and just get a lot of uh, great coverage to our great student athletes and coaches out here. Yeah, we had a, uh, we had not, not to, uh, you know, upset you, but we did have the other <laughs> JP on the show during the during the summer as well and she gave us a a good scoop and was able i mean we talked uh what uh, t-shirt cannons and uh stuffed animal friends at at desks (laughs) and we we, it was a it was a perfect uh uh, you know off-season offshoot for uh the wonderfulness of the services that rice has for their student athletes jp's great one of uh, one of many t-shirt t-shirt dispersal specialists we've had on this podcast that's true Have you have you ever thrown or had a, a occasion to fire T-shirts into the stands at a sporting event, rice or otherwise? Oh yeah, you don't even know what kind of can you open up here. So when I was doing, <laughs> there we go, there we go. <laughs> um, 
doing small market radio up here in Lufkin, where I still live. Love my East Texas uh, adopted roots here. And the Cork and Camden Bulldogs were playing a playoff game. And I was kind of, Lufkin had a playoff game that same day in Corrigan, uh, 2002, actually, for you youngsters out there that weren't even born wow, in 2002. Um, not y'all too, but some youngsters out there, I'm sure. So I'm guarding these shirts and people started scaling this wall. It was like my deal. I had to go down at halftime and I was helping load the t-shirt gun because I couldn't be the t-shirt gun guy. You know, I had to be the guy that loaded the t-shirts into the gun. But then these... <laughs> East Texas folks start scaling the walls and they, they start thinking, I mean, this is like a four or five foot drop is Waco, uh, Waco ISD stadium, which was really new at the time. and still a great facility. So they start hopping down off these hopping out of the stands. And I'm probably uh, making it more dramatic than it really was, but it was like four or five people just thought, okay, there's an open box of t-shirts. I'm entitled to that. And it's just fascinating what people will do. And you see it at Rockets games. You see it at Astros games. When uh, I have chances to actually go to uh, my home base and see Dallas sporting events. And you're sitting in the $150 seats, yet you're you're scrounging for this $5 t-shirt. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But, hey, life hasn't changed much in 18 years. But, yeah, that's my quick uh, <laughs> little t-shirt story I wanted to tell you. I didn't have the Canon, but. I recognized its power when I saw those people scale the walls for those three t-shirts. I, you just, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I guess I should have assumed, but I didn't know this job existed. The t-shirt oh, cannon yeah. loader. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there and man, we could, we could go on for hours. I've got salute. Yeah. I've got some great small market <laughs> radio roots. stories. Oh yeah, man. Very, yeah. You gotta keep it, keep it close. Know where you came from. But yeah. So t <laughs> free t-shirts, anything free people love and you, you see it at the games now, but anyway, not to free stuff is good, I guess, but I want the quality guys. I want the quality, not these upcoming games, but games eventually. No. Yes. Eventually. Oh man. What I'd give for a t-shirt cannon. We'll see. Uh, well, uh, I think that's uh, we've we we have uh, rambled for on and off and hit hit the high points we wanted to get to. But uh, you mentioned a couple times. I guess we can follow you on Twitter and and where where else and and eventually the radio where you'll be calling football games this fall. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, rumor. Yes, yeah, the the rumor has it. We are uh, we're all digital again this year. Go to ricehouse.com. Tune in app is the uh, biggest all encompassing way that you can sync us up. We're going to tweet out notes how to sync us up the broadcast with the uh, the different webcast and telecast that we have. Uh, Rice House Voice on Twitter. And again, uh, the selfish plug for the Texas Porch podcast with the mental health episode. But yeah, um, thank you guys. I really, really, truly appreciate it. Always, always fun. Let's let's get back sooner than later and not have seven months of idleness <laughs> between games next time. Yeah, uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, we really appreciated having you here. Um, hopefully, everybody listening along had as much fun as we did. Uh, we'll be back next week to preview an actual football game and Rice Fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.